time last year, Paul, United went away to Real Madrid and got a very creditable uh, 1-1 draw. Danny Welbeck scoring and many of us were talking about beating Real Madrid and going to the latter stages of uh, European competition. Not quite sure we're going to do that this time round. Now, all I've got to say about that is Welbs is that guy... Well, obviously, that guy wasn't that guy in uh, Athens, though, was he? He was better than the rest of them in Athens. Before we get into the fun times that was the Olympiakos game, since we last recorded a podcast, something rather wonderful's happened. Not something that's happened for a very long time, but, you know, it did happen. We won a football game. We played another team, right, at football, and in the end, it was our team that won the match. It's amazing. Some people tell me that sometimes Manchester United win football matches. It seems a a far-fetched nonsense, but it is, in fact, the case. In fact, there were more remarkable things about this game. Not only did Manchester United win a football match uh, but they did it by uh, not playing kick and rush football uh, quite quite amazing I tell you yeah um, the front four the finally the fab four was together Mata Yanazai Robin Van Persie and Wayne Rooney all started and it took them a while to get going but in the end they were instrumental and it was not a flat 4-4-2 it was not hoof ball it was not get it out wide and stick it in son goals came from very elegantly worked move which Patrice ever won the penalty from which Van Persie dispatched with confidence and aplomb and then uh, some hilariously shambolic uh, Crystal Palace defending left Wayne Rooney well, basically that was clearly in his contract as well must be given 12 yards of space to hit magical volleys mm. yeah well I, an absolutely fantastic finish from Rooney I suppose to celebrate his uh, ridiculous new contract I guess the really interesting part about that game was that not just that United won and kept a clean sheet but of course that uh, with Yanazai and Massa in the team both players who are nominally out wide but both came centrally um, meant that United had much more balanced spread of play so it's one of those awful statistics but the percentage of football played in each third of the pitch so uh, left right uh, and in the centre was almost totally balanced in that game against Crystal Palace you know United used the pitch very well in a way that for much of the season United haven't used the pitch very well for much of the time we're confined to very narrow areas uh, in you know on the left and right wing and and uh, the pattern of passing with the United is very predictable it's always uh, you know cross field or get it wide and then get it in and a lot of long ball aimlessly pumped into the box and it it wasn't quite like that against Crystal Palace that said I don't want to go crazy with the praise here because it wasn't a superb performance by any means. There were many positives. Fine goal from Wayne Rooney. Decent performance from Maran Fellaini returning in central midfield. At least, you know, he was neat in that uh, role, if not uh, very dynamic. Uh, although I can't, I'm not sure we can ever really expect dynamism from him. Van Persie, as you said, scored his goal and, and Massa and Yanazai were decent. Not not their best games, either of them there. Um, and United were actually reasonably secure at the back too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of that's down to Palace. Yeah, perfectly functional, reasonable United performance. The first half very flat and kind of really the only praise really reserved for Fellaini, who was fine. I I think he was about equivalent to what Tom Cleverley did against Arsenal, right? It was a a pretty good midfield performance, but that from us looks like this kind of weird thing from a distant land that has a certain magical beauty that we wouldn't normally expect it to. Uh, Rooney's volley was was good. Uh, Van Persie looked 
sharper uh, and there were some promising signs but I don't know whether I can really hold my tongue any longer <laughs> talking about the Palace game um, and unless there's anything else you've got burning to say about that look look so yeah no that's fine but we can <laughs> we can get onto the the real meat of the conversation of course but you know a, f- a few positives there I thought you know it distribution play better the fact that Matter and Yanazai were both in the side how how many occasions has uh, Moyes played a couple of playmakers like that uh, not many if ever and um, Wayne Rooney dropping deep nice pass success rate was above 90 percent uh, that's really not happened at all this season lots and lots of possession created a lot of chances n- not too many shots on target and that's been a problem all season too so lots and lots of positives are kind of, kind of in the aggregate I don't think uh, I don't think it was a vintage performance by uh, you know any means and, and in fact Palace created some chances with the possession they had and it, you know I suppose on a different day it could have been a, a much more difficult occasion for United if Palace had taken the few chances that, that they'd got but you know in the end very valuable three points I thought uh, some fans and David Moyes went over the top in declaring this a brand new dawn because uh, if the season's told us anything it's that a victory is not the start of something new it's uh, it's the exception that proves the rule that United have been the 6th, 7th or 8th best team in the league this season More false dawns than a cosplay convention in honour of the UK version of The Office this season That was pretty convoluted you might want to work on the delivery there. Just, I mean, you know, just just thinking when you're going for your, your stand-up routines, maybe, you know, a bit, bit sharper timings. It's been a really long day, as it has been for David Moyes, no doubt. Yeah, it was it was nice to get the win. There's a couple of interesting things in terms of the selection. Playing Fellaini and Yanazai and the fact that United looked so much more effective playing those players. I mean, I was really shocked when Yanazai wasn't even on the bench for the Olympiacos game. And he'd clearly been picked for the Palace game uh, with a very different plan in mind for Olympiacos. But it does seem an odd one to have prioritised the Premier League, given that all meaningful achievement in the Premier League is impossible, right? The only thing we're playing for is uh, a Europa League place. Uh, yes, um, and the pattern of play against Olympiacos was very, very different. So uh, a lot more time. I mean, a lot of possession of the ball still, United, um, uh, up to 60%, depending on their methodology used. Uh, of course, I've talked about this before, haven't I? There are two, two ways of counting possession. One is uh, the actual time you have the ball, and the other is the number of passes, and you just create a ratio and, and split the time played by that ratio. Anyway, so between 53 and 60% possession, depending on which system you use. Um, so a lot of possession for United, but all distributed out wide and, and pretty ineffective with the ball as a result. And, uh, you know, very careless uh, in possession at times. Didn't create that many chances. Those chances created were wasted. One shot on target, one save from the goalkeeper, uh, and uh, looked pretty pathetic at the back. And it's a really, really weird tactical decision to play slow defenders in the centre of defence which United uh, ended up playing very very deep you know and I didn't think that was really by design uh, although the, the kind of generally cautious approach was most certainly by design but uh, the consequence of United playing deep meant that there's this huge gap between United's midfield and forwards as there have been so many occasions this season it just reduced United to banging it long I mean it's pretty agricultural at times. Uh, yeah a bunch of interesting stuff in the in the data from the Olympiacos game I know people hate bit when you start talking about data but I've always liked statistics and and information I've always found it kind of fascinating and and the thing that was clear yesterday is that it really backed up what you saw and and the kind of impulse because if you look at Carrick and Cleverley's uh, heat maps from that game they are absolutely you know they're they're rammed in United's own half they're hardly getting forward at all and as you say the, the gap was enormous and those long passes 
constantly give the ball away. If you look at the at the pass map of long passes in the Olympiacos game, the green lines are all the ones going across the pitch and the red lines are all the ones going up the pitch. It was a, a horribly inefficient strategy. And when you see your two central midfielders with a heat map that shows them sitting really deep, you expect that what that means is the other team has had loads of the ball and you've been up against it and under the caution and all that. But as you say, United had tons of possession in that game and it all started from playing Ferdinand and Vidic, which he kind of had to do through injury, sort of. But it just, it made the whole tactical plan redundant because when you have that much of a gap, I mean, Yanazai would have made a huge difference in that game because he would have been able to link up the two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, lot, lots and lots of injuries. Uh, Raphael Jones and Evans all injured at the moment. Um, of course, he got rid of Fabio, which means he doesn't have another option at right back other than playing a centre back out there. So Smalling, a lot more mobile than Vidic and Fernand these days. Not as good in possession, of course, but that might have been a better option if if we'd had another option at right back. We don't. Um, so he was forced into the selection, but it had a, a significant impact on uh, United's uh, style of play. But I think the thing that had the bigger impact was the fact that he picked Young and Valencia over Yanazai, um, at least matter being cup tied, and it completely changed the way United played. Uh, and of course, there was a plan there, right? So you know, I'm not suggesting that uh, necessarily the direct cause and effect correlation between playing two wide players and and playing that style United clearly wanted to play that style that's why Moyes picked those players and a little antithetical isn't it and it's kind of weird that in Europe we'd play this kind of weird British style uh, and at Palace we'd try and keep the ball a bit more uh, what's interesting is last week on the on the podcast we, we had Sleepy Nick on and he was talking about how Olympiacos are really strong in the centre midfield and I, I think if Moyes was going to play a really defensive agricultural style he would have been way better served to put Carrick, Cleverly and Fellaini all in there together because then it would have been horrible to watch but that's what he did against Shakhtar and then the the problem is though you can't play Rooney wide left anymore we don't live in a world where it's okay to play Rooney wide left no Rooney wouldn't have picked himself there uh, for sure so uh, look and while we're on Rooney he had a stinker Right, alongside quite a number of other players so I'm not just picking on him but he had a stinker you know, not effective at all uh, neither I have to say was Valencia or Van Persie or Cleverly or Carrick or Ferdinand Ferdinand oof ouch um, you know just just yeah. so many players had very very poor games uh, had very little impact on the game look at the raw statistics it looks like United had loads of possession uh, and, uh, and therefore you know in some sense dominated the game it couldn't be further from the truth you know the tempo was set and dictated by Olympiakos. Uh, they were the side that were dangerous. They were the side that looked like they were winning, and and they did. You know, and afterwards Moyes moaned about the deflection for the first goal. He did, of course, say, uh, "I take responsibility for this." Not not by handing in his resignation, I might add, but but just by saying, "I take responsibility for it." Uh, the players are hurting, but you know, it's um, United's problems were all of uh, United's own making. I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see a quote from him, but moaning the deflection I have to say which is a good job because that would have upset me because it wasn't a deflection I didn't see where this was coming from uh, he said in terms of United's performance and oh. uh, we've been playing well we're in good form there was another cry ah. for the cracking one so I saw that one. That's brilliant. It's like, we're in good form. You mean we've won one game and previous to that we were in absolutely abysmal form. 
how he's still got a job well of course we know how he's still got a job he's very lucky to have got the Man United job firstly because he's very lucky to have got the Man United job because he's clearly vastly unqualified for it but second it's lucky that it's Manchester United job that he's lucked into because he's going to get to keep it much longer than he would keep any other equivalent job that he'd fluked his way into by being mates with the previous manager yeah well um, we'll see uh, Moyes down to Evans to get the sack uh, on some betting exchanges at the moment which is uh, which is interesting a lot of money flying in that direction of course at the moment so I mean the other, the other thing is uh, there's some difficult games coming up United playing West Brom Pepe Melves under a lot of pressure there so you know who, who knows what uh, that will turn out to be in terms of a performance in a, a couple of weeks time but then there's this run of games which include a game against Liverpool and Manchester City and Olympiacos and West Ham in this two week period you know I can't say I'm looking forward to that with any confidence at all I mean United could well get battered by Liverpool and City uh, on current form they might well do and that's just an ugly thought isn't it Right, to go back to the Olympiacos game, you're absolutely right to single out Wayne Rooney, to be honest, even though, like, yeah, everyone was terrible, but Rooney was specifically and particularly terrible. Uh, one shot on goal, which was blocked, uh, zero key passes, two out of seven successful tackles, just awful, you know, a, a, a very ineffective performance. There's been a lot touted about how he's a kind of going to be a leader at United as part of his new contract, which, by the way, we've not recorded a podcast since that was signed and sealed. So let's have a little chat about that, shall we? Lots of uh, counter briefing going on. Uh, an interesting piece in The Times suggesting that actually he's not really on £300,000 a week. He's on a similar wage to what he was on before, but uh, has access to United's commercial team to add money to his weekly wage, basically, which... That's kind of an interesting deal, uh, and and the piece in the Times speculated that that might be something that happens more in the future. Um, versus being on three hundred thousand pounds a week flat wage, uh, the the wage is the least of my problems with that contract. Really, my problem with it is just that it's a, a really substantial wage for a player of his age and and fitness profile and temperament and form profile for five years. Right, 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 right. Yes, there's a another analysis of his wage, uh, which is uh, in fact it's. Uh, significantly higher than United are briefing uh, so I've heard so um, believe whom you like on that one but it could well be substantially higher than £300,000 a week and you know the the reason why it's uh, very high whatever the number is um, is that United were desperate they were desperate not to look weak they were desperate to hold on to one of their better players where he's uh, how good he is relative to the best players in the world is an interesting argument at the moment I think and so he's managed to leverage that situation to his own end just in the way he leveraged United's uh, position in 2010 to get a new contract you know it's very it's very smart from his management team uh, is, it, is it a good deal for United well you know p- part of me thinks not only do I think that his uh, performances will degrade substantially because I, I don't I do not believe he'll be able to keep up the physical side of his game uh, he has not looked after his body uh, and uh, I think he'll be getting more injuries and uh, be slowing down I think that burst of speed has already gone he very rarely beats a man these days it happens occasionally but not very often and I think five and a half years for that type of player is going to look like a very bad deal in, in three years time or so that's just a prediction we'll see and of course he might not even get that far because as soon as something happens that he doesn't like he's going to throw his toys out of the pram again uh, because that's what he does yeah I mean I do understand the counter arguments to this and I don't mean the Wayne Rooney's brilliant he's been the only good player this season we should pay him loads the one that gets me is we wouldn't be we'd be a lot worse off we'd be in a much worse position this season if it wasn't for Wayne Rooney which I think that is a crazy argument because one 
player performing well in a terrible team quite often is the problem, let alone anything else. We, we'd be a completely different side without Wayne Rooney. David Moyes' energies would have been used in a completely different way without Wayne Rooney. We live in a universe of infinite complexity. There, there is no... It is not definitive to say that we would have been worse off if we'd lost him. Well, yes, uh, and uh, I don't think he's even been playing that well since the turn of the year, <laughs> frankly. That's, that's the other thing. But, so I'm not just talking about the counter-argument of the people that love Wayne Rooney, although that's totally fair enough too. The thing that I'm talking about is, okay, it would cost a fortune to replace him. That is accurate. To buy a striker of his quality would be an expensive business. He has a commercial value to United that's unparalleled by any of the rest of his colleagues. You know, he is the player who everyone in the world knows who he is, you know, in a, in a, in a different way to anyone else that's left at United, basically. So I kind of, I get that. Yeah. Mm. No? Uh, I have to say, I don't always buy that argument. I think United's profile drives the players' profiles uh, and it's unique in the football world that that happens. Uh, right. So Wayne Rooney would not have the same profile that he's got now if he wasn't uh, at United he's been given a platform sure there's a relationship between star players um, and commercial revenue in some markets particularly in asia but uh, he is a star um, quote unquote uh, because he's at united and he's got that big platform i'm quite sure that if united bought a very good player you know maybe a younger player who was coming you know, about to come into his prime that uh, they could have fashioned another star from that player too you know after all uh, they do, are in control of the marketing here um, and you know I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure I buy that argument really at all that um, he's he's driving United's marketing machine I think they as a club leveraged the players sure uh, but he's had that platform and, and he's used it very successfully so you know that's one argument anyway so I think the bigger argument is is it good value for money right 85 million pounds um, that's a hell of a lot to pay for you know, maybe we get another two good seasons out of him and really we're going to need a lot more than that uh, in order to justify it maybe it'll surprise everyone but I don't think so to a certain extent like the PR spin works on me I'm, I'm quite vulnerable to like oh yeah look here's a bunch of pictures of him when he was brilliant you know and, and so exciting and yeah maybe maybe age 28 he's going to kind of mature and develop into a, a, a new sort of player and it'll be really exciting to watch but but really when I think about it I'm very cynical about whether this is going to work out for every, for United's benefit really uh, and and certainly I would be much more interested in watching the team that had evolved had he left or the other thing is whoever comes in next and gets the best out of him yeah but if he had left Moise would have just gone and bought Peter Crouch or Christian Benteke <laughs> and we'd just be banging it along to them instead I'd quite like to see a more sophisticated manager dealing with all the chess pieces in a, in a more interesting way than Moyes, which is like oh yeah I know where Rooney plays that's what I like to do is I like to put Rooney there in between the tip of the D and the tip of the centre circle that's where Rooney goes and everyone else can sort themselves out sort of thing well he's certainly got the tools there I mean Sorry, he's certainly got the raw ingredients there. He hasn't got the tools. Uh, that's the problem, isn't it, with Moyes? He's got the raw ingredients, you know. But it, again, I'm in this uh, conflicted position in which I have absolutely no evidence whatsoever that Moyes is the right manager for Manchester United, but don't half feel that six or seven months in the job is a very short period of time. But a man who cannot get a team that can, uh, or a squad that contains Kagawa, Mata, Yanazai, Rooney, and Van Persie, and a whole bunch of other talented players, including Nani, by the way, um, 
uh, to play better, more creative, more attacking, more fluent football uh, is a man who um, probably isn't ever going to get a team to play in that way because he, he can't do it with the ingredients he's got. He's not going to do it with some new players there, you know, and, and that's the thing that's frustrating me, I suppose. Are you seriously saying that you haven't properly crossed the tracks to the Moyes outside yet? Are you going to give it until we've been battered by City and Liverpool and to finally say, oh no, that's it. We probably are better off replacing him straight away. Well, luckily I put a KPI on this, didn't I? <laughs> So, uh, so I don't need to go to the Moyes out camp just yet. I mean, I, you know, frankly, it's it's pointless changing the manager now. Let's uh, we'll reassess in the summer and see where we are. I mean, it's probably not going to be in a very good position, is it? I think we should get rid of him this week. I really do, because I think that the damage that's being done to everyone's confidence, to the squad morale... I mean, let's talk about it, right? Because after the Olympiacos game, there's a bunch of fallout. First of all, the players looked... I mean, they looked absolutely bereft of confidence. People people often accuse footballers of not looking like they want it enough, and I think that's often a misguided accusation to be honest I think that really they they do want it but sometimes it's not they haven't got it in them to to show that with kind of you know Keane-esque fury but the players looked so flat and Van Persie completely broke ranks afterwards um saying well I'm sure everyone's read the quotes but you know like other players are playing in my zone and it's a pity and you think are you really saying that you just want to kind of amble back towards Carrick and cleverly with your back to goal because that's that's the only zone I can think he means yes I mean um I I, uh, I don't know whether he's complaining about uh, Rooney coming into his uh territory on the pitch I don't know look he's uh, he's frustrated and um, he's unhappy reports of him being unhappy with training have never gone away uh, despite some people picking his rather PR friendly quote public quotes out as uh, evidence to the contrary I think that's um, rather um, sitting there and hoping isn't it so uh, he's clearly not happy uh, many of the players aren't their body language is terrible isn't it? It's terrible. Um, they they try and talk a good game with the uh, odd victory that comes along. It's not been very many in recent weeks, has it? And um, and, and in reality, I think their actions are, are showing far more than any words would. Uh, and uh, they uh, they clearly don't believe in what's happening at the moment. And they're you know they're shorn of all confidence as a result. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael Carrick sent out to do a post match interview on ITV uh, and did give a very flat interview. Understandably, he looked like for all the world he did not want to be standing in front of Gabriel Clark in that moment um, after that interview there was a very interesting moment where Clark asked Carrick basically is this all the manager's fault and Carrick looked at him and said I can see what you're trying to do here you're trying to get me to point fingers of course I'm not going to do that I, not wanting to be overly uh, what's the word forensic about the analysis but actually if you look at that that was a very equivocal answer it was not an unequivocal defence of David Moyes by any stretch of the imagination if you look at the body language the eye contact all that kind of stuff the hesitation Look, let, let, but let's, uh, let's qualify that uh, analysis which is perfectly true of course uh, by saying that if he'd given a very friendly PR no we're all right behind him uh, he would have had no credibility whatsoever <laughs> I guess not I guess not And but well but just the fact that that is the case just goes to show how far away it is from the truth you know the idea that everyone's behind David Moyes in that dressing room is mm. clearly nowhere near the case then cut to Roy Keane who uh, flipped out like a ninja on Michael Carrick um, and basically said that I think that interview was just like the performance flat Keane was 
absolutely incredible value in the post-match there. He looked like a hurt fan. He was he was passionate, he was frustrated, he was all the things that you would kind of expect Roy Keane of all people to be, having suffered through that. Then Lisa Carrick comes on Twitter, starts beef with Roy Keane. Do not mess with Lisa Carrick, a woman who is prepared to start beef with Roy Keane. It got ugly. It got very ugly. Uh, more quotes from the game. Uh, we played well. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. <laughs> uh, although, would it have surprised anybody if Moyes had actually said that? So, no, he he uh, he said the very opposite, and uh, he talked about um, United doing their absolute best to turn it around. But in reality, this ties over, isn't it? United have to win by three goals uh, at Old Trafford and and not concede any. And uh, frankly, that just doesn't look realistic from uh, this point in. No, absolutely. Uh, it's it, yeah. I mean, it could happen. But there's been some wonderful nights at Old Trafford in the past they tell David Moyes uh, they have uh, United turned around a 2-0 defeat against Barcelona many years ago remember famous night Robbo and all of that um, <laughs> yeah I was going to say if we could clone the early 90s version of Brian Robson I might feel a bit more confident about this performance Yes. So, look, I mean, the likelihood is that United will finish trophyless this season uh, and out of the Champions League, maybe or maybe not in the Europa League. There are a few permutations there, depending on who wins the domestic cups and exactly where United ends up. You know, so sixth or seventh will probably send us into a, a playoff, which comes at the end of July, beginning of August. That will uh, screw up the summer, which is uh, difficult anyway, and it's probably going to be a rubbish transfer market as a result. There's confidence for you, hey? <sighs> It's incredible, isn't it? This week, we have been linked with all the same players that we're always linked with. A £250,000 a week contract for Tony Cruz. Bayern dismissing this as nonsense. Um, surely just a story based on the fact that we've just given someone else quite a big contract, right? That seemed to be the whole... Yes, um, very fine player, of course, but um, and he's not paid anywhere near his uh, his teammates at Bayern. I'm sure they'll sort it out there financially in yeah. very good shape. Uh, <laughs> it, would be, uh, it wouldn't make any sense for them not to pay him a, a very large wage because he's worth it because he's a very fine player. Um, Manchester United European football elite official negotiate a better contract with your existing club partner yeah very true happens uh, all over Europe all of the time doesn't it and, and it will do this summer because of course everyone knows that United are desperate uh, Gundogan another one we've been linked with oh yeah let's buy a German midfielder with a really terrible injury record who hasn't played all season that worked out well last time we did that didn't it yeah um, I mean he's a very good player Gundogan the injury record yeah. is uh, is not good uh, but he's a young no. player and um, and he's you know there's a, he's got a lot of strings to his bow you know uh, good in tackle uh, all round a pass the ball well moves the ball well uh, physically good on the pitch when he's fit I mean the thing is he'll want to link up again with Klopp won't he next season so that'll that'll work out great hey look um, United's uh, share price has tumbled to the extent that you know about £400 million has been wiped off let's just give uh, Borussia I don't know £150 million for, for Gundogan Royce Klopp Mate, let's get a Hummels we could do with him as well. He, he'd be a very good buy. Yeah, in fact, why don't we just buy the whole team? Uh, we'd have Subotic, right? We'd have definitely have Subotic. Yeah, he's all right. I think he's not quite as mobile. I, 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 of the two, I like Hummels more. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we'll have both. <laughs> you know, they've played together a lot. Uh, it's Yeah, the, the, the summer's crazy. Uh, Mangala, the amount of money that 
is going to be spent on Mangala. Can't believe it's by United. I, mean, I think this is over the top. I mean, Porto are doing a very good job of uh, trying to create an auction here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so far, being reported that Barcelona, Chelsea, Manchester City and us all in for him. When I say being reported, I mean some journalists wrote that down on a piece of paper and put it in a newspaper. <laughs> you know, it's like when you read these transfer stories, there is absolutely nothing to any of them. It's it's insane how they get away with it sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's based on uh, the fact that a scout may have been seen at a match and uh, United deploy you know, dozens of scouts across Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Guillaume Balaguer saying, United fans, cheer up. They're going to spend 200 million in the summer. All right, all right, Guillaume. No. All right, yes. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, uh, I, I will uh, happily eat my words if uh, United uh, do something crazy like that, but uh, I don't think it's likely. So to talk again about Moyes, you were saying like we'll look at it again in the summer. When you say look it again in the summer, do, would your ideal position be that he's replaced in the summer? I can see what you're trying to do there, Paul. I, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm asking you, my old and trusted friend, a I genuine question. You're trying to engineer me into joining your Moyes <laughs> out camp and uh, and not go on my uh, fact based KPI, which was uh, ten defeats. After the date that I set in the league, which was uh, obviously a crazy KPI. I think you know, I might have to lose every game from here on in in order to make that one, but uh, which we could well do. Uh, look, it's, it's a really hard one. Look, he's, he's not even had a season yet. He's uh, He barely got any support in the, the summer transfer window. They did a very good piece of business to get Matter in in the winter, although uh, you know we've talked endlessly about that. Perhaps not the player they particularly needed right now, but still a you know, brilliant piece of business. So it, he hasn't been given the tools in which to perform uh, the best possible uh, way but that said uh, the brand of football United plays is horrible uh, he, uh, he he comes up with some very strange team selections some very strange tactics uh, his uh, his approach to the media is odd and bizarre he's clearly in denial and it's clear that none of the players support him because you can see it in their body language on the pitch and they're not performing for him okay alright infer what you want from that listeners <laughs> but look you are the master of lists <laughs> Give me six reasons why Moy should stay. I can't. I, I cannot give you six proper good reasons why he should stay. G- give me three. All right, yes. Um, One and a half. <laughs> um, uh, Gary Neville says Manchester United stand against the immediacy of modern life, and so they shouldn't sack him. That's not... It's, it's not quite as pithy as uh, against modern football, but, you know, maybe we can stick that on a T-shirt. <laughs> it's mental. This is a club that is sponsored by Aperol Spritz. You know, yeah. it's like, it's such a stupid... It's such. It's just a stupid thing to say. He said it a long time ago but still well earlier in the season yeah well no but he's effectively said to uh, things of the same uh, kind of nature since you know i, I yeah. think this is a, a nice line and nice narrative but it's based on what it's based on ferguson not being sacked uh, 25 years ago when united were in a very very different position had much less pressures in terms of having to deliver revenues because th- they didn't have any and please sponsors because again they didn't have any and please the stock market weren't listed and so on so it's uh, it's a narrative that makes no sense uh, in in modern times yeah absolutely um so the the good reasons are uh, you could argue that a season is not enough for any manager i think that might be true if you're basing it purely on results but the whole package, I think he's done such a bad job that 
it, it doesn't quite meet the standard you would need him to meet. Even if we really were battling hard for fourth and narrowly missed out, that would be a very different argument in terms of the give him time sort of approach. Because you say, okay, well, this is where you do operate that bit of leeway. But we are completely, um, well, unless the Olympiacos game turns around, the season is done in at the beginning of March, you know, and that is just not acceptable. It is, you know, the, the, the KPI of losing 10 league games from December onwards or whatever it was. I mean, I think you could almost extend the Fulham and Arsenal games. They, they count they were draws, but in terms of what credit they put in the David Moyes, pro-David Moyes column, they were losses, you know, and we've been so bad in the Cups that I feel like that should count against them a little bit as well. But anyway. No, no, uh, all, all fair points. Um, we will obviously discuss this probably every week until Moyes gets the boot, uh, which which whatever the, the betting says, the noise coming out of United is that they're sticking with him. And uh, so I'm happy to you know get off the fence and say there's no chance that Moyes is going to get sacked uh, before the end of the season. There may well be a review of, of the season and, and they may still come to the conclusion that he hasn't been given the tools that he needs in order to perform the best. Uh, Ferguson is, after all, still a non-executive director. He will have some kind of say here. Yeah, and, and, you know, having gone back recently and looked at all the marketing and stuff around his arrival, the club are going to look idiotic if they sack him because everything in the documentation, everything in the press releases, Sir Alex on the pitch, the whole works. It was all about this is an appointment for the long term, not the short term. And if you sack your long term appointment after seven months, you look really, really stupid. Somebody uh, quoting on Twitter today, quoting the uh, the thick of it quote, where it's like, if you sack him now, it looks like you're an idiot. If you sack him next season, it looks like he's an idiot. Mm. I, th- I thought you were going to give me the one uh, Tinker Taylor soldier cut. That was my favourite. <laughs> no, I, that was uh, not really in my vocabulary. Maybe we should get a troubleshooter in. We could uh, we could do with a bit of um, the thick of it style berating in the dressing room, couldn't we? Yeah, I mean, you know, Roy Keane was like, what, 100 yards away from the dressing room at halftime? Absolutely wasted not being in there screaming at everyone, although uh, being terrified to their very core might not have helped them all that much uh, in the second half of that game. Although they couldn't have been much worse. I mean... <sighs> God, it was awful, wasn't it? That's Olympiacos. That's not Barcelona. No, this is a team that sold their best player to Fulham. Uh, this is a team <laughs> at best mid-ranked Premier League standard. And and, and look, true, they, um, they're absolutely walking the Greek Super League, uh, but there isn't a lot of competition there. It's a, it's a poor standard of league by all accounts. And, uh, you know, they, they won a couple of games against Benfica and Anderlecht to get through, which was, you know, a good performance for them. They got absolutely spanked by PSG. I think, you know, we can rank them sort of mid, mid-Premier League standard that might be generous and unfortunately United are mid Premier League standard too. That might be generous. All right, should we uh, should we do some Twitter questions? Let's do it. Farhan underscore Ahmed says, "Can someone please hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay?" It's only football, Farhan. Everything's going to be okay. Not Manchester United. We're completely, f- you know, we're in real trouble. But yeah, did you almost swear there, Paul? No, I, I was going to say finished, but then that, that seemed like ridiculously harsh because there's every chance we'll bounce back from this. At Anjali underscore X friend of the rank cast says, would you rather have a new squad in the summer or a new manager in the summer? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, well, it's a lot cheaper to sack the manager. A very diplomatic answer, Ed. I, I would rather have a new manager. <laughs> You'd be amazed to hear. At bifurcated underscore MUFC says, is it possible that the people behind the Premier League conspiracy against us are the same ones behind the Champions League one? Yes. 
Again, not something we talked about on the last show because it's happened since. But Do you think the Gluminati are working against us now rather than for us? I think that seems to be what's going on. David Moyes certainly thinks that's what's going on because in the pre-Crystal Palace uh, Friday press conference, the final question he was asked was about what a competitive Premier League season it was this season. And he looked wryly and said, well, I think the Premier League have got exactly what they wanted this season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, uh, he then walked back into his house, put the tinfoil back on his head, attached the aerials uh, and waited uh, for the Martians to turn up. Uh, at Arms Kasim, Ahmed Kasim, says, uh, one shot on target in the 89th minute. Can we still pretend we're doing the right thing? It's not working, is it? I, I, w- I was just assuming that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> at Jaffo says, which player do you keep forgetting is on our books? He says that the correct answer is Nick Powell, but not for me. Uh, for me, it's Angelo Henriquez. Forgot all about him until the other day. I'd like to forget about Wayne Rooney, but unfortunately he's there all of the time. He is indeed. He's a world-class player, don't you know? I don't know. No, but they tell me this, yes. At Kostadin Stoilov comes up with an imaginative uh, Moyes out angle. Uh, do you think it's now time for the board to sack David Moyes just to reassure the players that they haven't lost it? <laughs> Told. Wow. That's a, that's an interesting take on the situation. Yeah, look, it, you know, the focus is on Moyes, but the players do take some responsibility here because their performances have dropped hugely. Now, the cause of that may well be Moyes. Uh, it is Moyes. Well, <laughs> may well be Moyes. Um, but, uh, and the fact that the players are not playing for him. But there's some complacency here, for sure. I, I You know, I, I, I'm not going to accept an argument that says that there's not uh, an edge of complacency. They've lost something. And, and because of that, I don't know whether a new manager would uh, help in buy that again might do uh, it might be that some players uh, know they're going uh, and they've lost the edge and they're just it's going to have to be a busier summer than normal the players that know they're going Vidic maybe Ferdinand I mean Vidic has had a few bad games but he's also had some pretty decent games this season Ferdinand just looks physically gone Evra I don't know yeah there was that example you cited against Arsenal but he also does work very hard a lot of the time fine game against Palace. yeah um so so who are the players that are complacent well Carrick has had an awful season. Are we saying that we think he's off in the summer? No. Right, so that's that's a kind of complacency of a different nature, I guess. Mm, he's lost he's lost some edge, but yeah, no, no, I'm not attributing uh, complacency entirely to players uh, off in the summer. That's, uh, that's one factor. I mean, the fact is they have lost an edge. Some of that is moist. Some of that might be other factors change. Uh, don't feel the hunger anymore. Um, who knows? No, absolutely. At... Mm, K-N-E kill. Knee kill? Oh, his, his name's Nick Hill, so that, that helps. Um, is it still hard to believe it's not Skulls? Uh, never was that hard to believe it wasn't Skulls, but I'm still I'm still a believer in the Michael Carrick is a good footballer argument. Uh, one bad season, well, another bad season doesn't doesn't add that up. To add to the few others, yeah. Yeah, he's had a few, but he's also had some wonderful seasons, hasn't he? Yeah, so. I thought his last two seasons were, were great. He's, he's not having a good season. No. But, but who is? Uh, do you think Lisa Carrick would do a better job in midfield than her husband asked J underscore Murray 12 certainly shows more aggression uh, Dave Little 81 with a very similar question uh, yeah she's apparently not cup tied in Europe so get her in for the second leg as I said earlier look, she's prepared to take on Roy Keane that, that is some that is a person who's completely fearless kind of feel like Michael Carrick is now going to get beaten up in an alley by Roy Keane as retribution for that. Mysterious accident. Yeah, mind you, it's all very well being brave when you're a keyboard warrior, isn't it? She's just a troll. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. At EWHK70, friend of the rank cast, Eugene Wong says, how silly does that chosen banner, chosen one banner look now? I would say it looks approximately as silly as it did when it was unveiled. Yeah, it was a horrible banner and uh, it's kind of embarrassing now. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, the thing is, they got a real problem, right? Because they can't take it down. Because imagine how terrible that would look. <laughs> like, yes, like... that'd be like a smoke signals coming from the Vatican, right? <laughs> yeah. Stratford M flags uh, do not approve of the manager. They, they're replacing him. Talking of which, at RHNMHDV says, will Wayne Rooney appoint Jurgen Klopp as United manager? I'm not sure Wayne Rooney could say Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> um, Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, at Ewan Lenhart says, realistically, what's it going to take for Moyes to get sacked before the season is over? We know this. Ten, uh, ten league I, defeats. I, yeah, uh, well, after December, yeah. Oh, yeah, so another seven. We, I counted them up the other day. It's seven more league defeats. So there's, okay, so we have 11 league games left. Is that correct? Uh, another seven defeats and he gets the sack. There you go. That's my KPI. So um, all you guys who'd like me to change my mind out there you better be supporting the opposition kind of weird but you know hey at it's not skulls says the club haven't sacked a manager for 9974 days do you think they remember how good good question well you know it might be one of these kind of mayan prophecies maybe on 10,000 days he gets the boot oh yes so a couple of weeks lads at Matt Lewis 6 says, when will all this end? Don't worry. It's not that bad. It really is not that bad. At Snetty says, if United finish outside the top four and David Moyes doesn't get the sack, is that his greatest ever achievement in football? Oh, well, it'd be a pretty good one, yeah. I mean, look, he's um, he's achieved between fourth and eighth most seasons at Everton, so he's uh, he's on par. At Paul Gunning 1 says, is it worth daubing Terrell Moisey on a bedsheet and signing Mark Robbins in an attempt to turn things around? That would be desperate, but uh, I suppose uh, desperate measures are needed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, question about Moyes losing the uh, dressing room. I guess we've um, we've covered that one, really. Uh, at o- Someone told him where the dressing room is, so he's all right there. Uh, at Those Boys in Red says, where is Nanny? He's injured, I believe. Injured, yes. He's got a groin problem. Yeah, absolutely. Why, the same same. Per- Person asks, why did Moyes not stick with the same team and swap Mata with Kagawa yesterday? Uh, doesn't rate Kagawa. Yep, he simply doesn't. Uh, he's barely featured at all. Um, I think the biggest shock was the fact that Yanazai wasn't even in the squad. And um, we've talked about this uh, again. Yeah, it didn't half give the impression uh, that Moyes doesn't trust flair players. I mean, absolutely. And the fact that we spent 10 minutes knocking the ball between our, our defenders in that game in the first 10 minutes. Uh, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Andy Townsend said something quite insightful. Seriously, like that really did. That was a thing that happened. That's how bad it's got. But he pointed out, he sort of said that in in trying to kind of quieten down the crowd and and take the sting out of the tie, which is very clearly what they were trying to do. They ended up just taking the sting out of themselves. You know, they lost all impetus. I thought that was mm, yeah, yeah, right. No, that's fair enough. Uh, and of course, one of the uh, the biggest past combinations of the evening was uh, David de Gea to Robin van Persie. Oof. At Hennessy82, Moyes gets sacked and you take over. What's first on your to-do list? Hire a decent manager. (laughs) No, no, you are the manager. Woodward rings you up and says, Ed, I've listened to the rank cast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, (laughs) I see. Right. Hire a decent manager. Assuming you're not allowed to do that, assuming you have to keep the job for the year in order to protect your family's safety. Uh, Nice, nice. That's not the way to get the best out of people. Didn't you know that fear does not inspire the best performances? All right, all right. You're, you're going to be phenomenally well so, remunerated. So, 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 Moyes. Uh, I'd buy a, uh, a very good central midfielder. There you go. First, first option. I think... No, I'd take them all to Butlins for a weekend. <laughs> I might have to just give Danny Welbeck the captaincy. 
<laughs> I think that might be the first thing I do. Might sell Rooney and give Danny Welbeck the captaincy. At 987 underscore Sean says, when do I stop laughing and start worrying? Never, Sean. If you can't laugh at this, what is the point, you know? Yeah, it's, um, you know, they talk about the five stages of loss. We've gone through all of them this season. You know, anger, denial, a lot of denial going on. Yeah, that no, there's definitely a significant element of people that have not got through that stage yet. Bargaining, right? Yeah, if we offer <laughs> Wayne three hundred thousand pounds yeah. a week for Wayne Rooney, there's definitely some bargaining going on. Depression. I'm frequently feeling depressed, and and acceptance, and that's the uh, gallows humour that we've got now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the season's effectively over. I mean, I'm not totally prepared to write off all potential chances of us coming back against Olympiacos, but they look like a team that could get a goal on the break to me. Yes, I think a lot of it will depend on, on, on United's attitude and, and Olympiacos's attitude. If they come to try and defend, then that's I think it's going to hand uh, United the impetus in the way that um, Olympiacos had the impetus on Tuesday night, right? So, you know, if, if I was them, I'd uh, I'd think uh, that United there for the taking and, and uh, you know, go for it with an attacking formation and, and go and try and attack United or you know at least set up in a way that they can break very quickly and, and which they will do of course you know they've got some speedy players in there haven't they uh, including uh, an Arsenal reserve who scored an absolute blinding goal <laughs> yeah yeah who scored a, a wonder goal yeah uh, Hernan Perez looked good as well um, so well, they definitely got some threats and, and it is worth saying both Olympiacos's goals were absolutely magic that first goal that moment of improvisation that is proper football genius that was it, yeah two very very fine goals and a, a fine performance so you know are we becoming Olympiacos fans here <laughs> no no my goodness so yeah uh, no game before we record the next podcast we'll do another one next week preview the West Brom game and uh, talk about the big news of the week um, Hashtag Moyes out. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. There'll be some pretty big news. I don't know. I, you know, it is certainly not in my nature to uh, wish the sack on a, a human being. But he'd be fine if he got sacked. He, he would get a job appropriate to his level. He'd be a very wealthy man. He already is a very wealthy man. So no worries on that score. A, a huge amount of dented pride, I'm sure. But keeping him in the job is not going to help him save face. He's just going to lose more and more face because he's not going to be able to turn it round. And I since sincerely hope that I massively regret saying all these things in 15 years time when he's established himself as one of the greats of the game I just I just can't see uh, more than a tiny sliver of a chance of that happening well quite um, uh, yeah if, if Moyes turns out to be a triple European cup winner uh, later in life I will um, I will uh, play this podcast back again and uh, eat my words because I know really you're Moyes out in summer aren't you Ed that's oh dear oh dear oh dear um yes I'm currently on the uh, something like the 12th floor of my uh, hotel in Barcelona where I still am uh, right. trying to convince Messi to come to United he's thinking about it he's thinking about it but, uh, but any more of that no, I'm mainly to throw myself out of the window <laughs> Um, try not to watch United again while you're up there. That's probably a pretty good piece of advice. Quite easy as well because United do not have another game until the 8th of March uh, when we play uh, West Brom. We'll preview that one next week uh, when we'll be filling out the podcast with um, lots of rambling nonsense, I suspect. Yeah, as opposed to our normal, you know, incredibly kind of concise, insightful opinion on football tactics and the like. <laughs> 
if you want to get hold of us in the meantime you can get me at UTD Rantcast you can get Ed at United Rant on Twitter you can get us both at facebook.com slash United Rant or the show page at unitedrant.co.uk uh, if you want to read what Ed's got to say in the written word go to unitedrant.co.uk and uh, you can read my stuff on the Bleach Report also if you want to help us with bandwidth and uh, equipment costs and stuff like that for the show that would be really much appreciated uh, at unitedrant.co.uk slash donate very good and we'll uh, we'll see you next week and we'll play out with this